The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Welcome to the BS Report. Monday morning, Super Bowl 49 in the books. The Patriots are your world champions. I actually watched this game uh, at my cousin Jimmy's house with, with cousin Sal. And uh, and he saw me run the gamut of emotions. I'm still here. I'm still standing. Al Michaels emailed me. He compared it to Game 5, 1986, Red Sox Angels. I thought that was high praise. Uh, Sal, what would you think? You know what? I don't think people care what I think. I, I think they want to hear you for a second. So why don't you, why don't you go through those, those emotions? Tell, tell us. Tell us what you were feeling, because uh... I'm trying to I'm trying to actually write something like with a little little like retros, retrospectiveness mm-hmm. retrospection. Yeah, I'm a writer. I should probably know what word it is. Yeah, forget it. Um, so I saw a stat on the internet that the teams were 0 and 29 down 10 in the Super Bowl, and then you reminded me that Denver actually was up 10 nothing in the Doug Williams Super Bowl. Right. So it was one for 29 heading into yesterday. Um, I, I, I had like a two minute stretch during a commercial when I just didn't want to get blown out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When it, after Sherman was flashing the 24 and that whole sequence and the Pats just, and Brady had thrown the second pick and it just seemed like Seattle kind of figured out what to do against the Pats defense. Um, I, I, I went into a hole. Oh my God. I hope we don't get blown out. And then I talked myself out of it and, and reminded myself that Tom Brady was our quarterback. Well, I think you were, you were one of the more level headed Patriots fans we watched with yesterday. And, um, I, you know, I have a 25 second clip that I could probably sell for a million dollars with some high profile <laughs> Patriots fans whooping it up like meatheads and God bless them. You, you, you won and that, let, let them, let them do it. And then it pans to you. And you just have your head on your hand, uh, your, your hands on your head, as if to say, like, "Wow, sports is really f***ed up." Like, you know, <laughs> there's greatness and there's this and that. But I'll, I'll let you be a human being for a second. Maybe tell you could tell everyone what you told me, just like comparing it to your daughter's soccer game. But it's really so crazy how close everything becomes in these big games. Yeah, I mean, I. I... Everyone was celebrating. I celebrated briefly, and then I went into Thomas Hill after the Grant Hill – or <laughs> Thomas Thomas Hill, whoever was on that Duke team after the Grant Hill-Leitner play. Well, wait, and yeah. they just showed him on the bench because it all happened so fast. Right. The, you know, first of all, it was the Tyree catch part two. Right. Every Pats fan is just thinking that. Like, it seemed like – Michaels called the play like he should have, like he thought it was incomplete, but then – it never seemed like the ball hit the ground, and all of a sudden Butler's running over to touch Curse, and and it was just kind of like, wow, this is really going to happen again. We have two of the most miraculous catches of all time to lose Super Bowls. And before you move on, a, a, an underrated facet of that catch is as miraculous as that catch was, the fact that the, the Patriots had the wherewithal to get up and push push him out of bounds. I don't think that right. gets enough press. Like they should have, they should have been walking to you know get the next snap there. That was. That was insane. That that could have easily been a touchdown, but um. Well, and huge. if he had if he had just gotten up and run into the end zone, we would have had like seventy five seconds left, right. to kick right. a field goal. Um, but then, not understanding why Belichick wasn't calling timeout, and just sitting there as the clock's ticking, and all of us are just going, "What's happening right now?" With two timeouts, but yeah, I read up on this this morning, and it really seems like he just liked the defense they were in. 
when you think about it, like the Packers in that Seattle game two weeks ago had two straight drives where they're inside the two and they couldn't score. Right. So it's not inconceivable that, that Belichick just thought, I think we can stop these guys, and this but, is the game, and I feel better about stopping them right here than I do about any other situation. And that's fine, but why? There's no upside to it. So you, you call a timeout with 45 seconds left, and let's say you stop them. Let's say you stop them three times. All right, that's, you know, that's fine. You're going to be able to run the clock out there. You have to give Brady an opportunity to come back with a minute left. Like, there's no – that was Dennis Green, Andy Reid, Jason Garrett pre-December 2014 all rolled up into one. There's, there's no benefit from not calling a timeout there other than to say, I'm Bill, Bill Belichick and I, I get away with basically everything and I'm going to be a prick in here and see what happens. And it paid off again. I, I just can't believe it. I would 70% agree with you. Oh, come but- on. Now, I read up on this this morning because I was trying to figure out some explanation. Because part of me was thinking, I was emailing about this with Charlie Pierce last night. Part of me was thinking Belichick was just dead inside. Because that's how I felt after the curse catch. Yeah. I was just dead inside. I wasn't even mad. I was just, all the emotion had just been sucked out of my body. I was just dead. I was like, oh my God, we're, this is just unparalleled. Well, then that let these someone who's alive call that time out and let uh, well, Super Tom get, get, the, get the minute he deserves, you know, to get Well, wait a second, though. Yeah. Ask yourself if this is possible. Mm-hmm. He saw the offense that the Seattle was in, and they had a defense that Seattle didn't like. And if you remember, Seattle was like it was a little bit hectic trying to figure out what play they were going to run. Mm-hmm. And if you read the stories today, um, Butler said he was ready for that play because – they had run it in practice. They, yeah, thought, they knew the Seahawks ran that play. The scout team had run it on him, and he was waiting for it. And maybe Belichick really thought – he saw the offense, saw the defense, really thought that they had a chance to stop them. Yeah, but and now he, all of a sudden – He didn't see that plays. offense until 27 seconds left. Like with, with 50 seconds left, he, he didn't see that offense. He just let it roll. You don't, but you don't, maybe, see, you don't see what may- package they're throwing out there until they line up. I know, but he puts the goal line defense out, and maybe he's looking out to see if something's going to happen from yeah. Seattle's side, and then he calls them. I don't know. I mean, that's I the only know. explanation. Like, why else would you sit I, there unless you thought they could stop it? I told you, he's a prick. He just <laughs> he, he loves it. He, he loves. Is it possible much. he was just he went into a brief coma from <laughs> from the curse catch? He All just, right, that like, I would lost accept. his mind. Now let me ask you this: before we get on to Pete Carroll and how bad a call that was. Do you think they were about to take a safety? Because that would have been a bad call, too. It, it, the body language indicated it didn't matter because Seattle jumped off sides, but it looked like Brady was about to take a safety there. I don't know. Nobody asked that question. Yeah. It, it, it was an unbelievable parallel to all the right moves, though. Right. The Tom Cruise movie. They yep. get the stop. They're on the one-yard line. Everyone's celebrating. And in all the right moves, the rifleman fumbles to Salucci or to Volucci, mm-hmm. whatever his name was. But... In this one, it's like you're celebrating, but now we're on the one-yard line. And if they get a safety there, there's like 14 seconds left. You punt from the 20. Mm-hmm. It's more than enough time to at least try like a 57-yard field goal if you get one pass Yeah, Seattle throws a timeout. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, I don't understand why they called that pass play. Other than they, they must have been 100% convinced it worked. There's a great picture on the internet of how open he was for the split second when Wilson's about to throw it. Yeah. Butler Butler made one of the great interceptions of all time. 
I really, I really think that should be the story more than why did the Seahawks throw the ball there. I think that was like a superhuman interception by him. It was great, except, yeah, I'm, I give them credit, give Browner credit, because if he doesn't know the Seahawks' offensive play, he doesn't, he doesn't shuck curse at the line, creating all that confusion. Right. But, uh, but they knew it was coming, and that's, that's where Seattle and Bevel and like, the offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, that's that, a disaster. That, that, that's what's bad, and I still don't get Pete Carroll. Listen to the explanation. It sounded like he was saying we wanted to waste the play there or we didn't want to waste the play there, but I don't know, well, man. What was weird about it, they had timeouts, and yeah. the best thing that could have happened to the Pats there was the clock stopping. Mm-hmm. So even if that's incomplete, the clock stops, and then they have two plays left. Yeah. And, you know – Either we stop them completely or at least we get the ball back with 18 seconds or something. We could kick off, goes to the 30 maybe, and then two plays and we have timeouts. Like, who knows? You need two 20-yard passes for for the 57-yard field goal you were talking about. But, yeah, Belichick actually said he would have called the timeout if they ran there, which doesn't well, make you would sense have thought, to me. I don't know, I don't know well, what happened. Well, you would have thought you would have run on that play, and then if you really liked that pass play, you would have called that on third down. Of course. Look, look that. The Seahawks got to where they were because they took shots at the end zone and, you know, the fake field goal versus Green Bay. They, they like to shove it down your throat. But at yep. some point when you have the game in hand, you have to sit back and say, all right, let's calm down. Let's play this convention. Let's figure this out. What do they want us to do here? They want us to throw. Oh, they want us to throw in the middle where every ball is tipped or deflected or every route is anticipated. Right. You know, if it's a timing pattern to that Chris Matthews, who, who the hell knew where he came from, who's 6'5", you know, against a 5'10 corner. That's one thing, but to, uh, you know, and it's easy to second guess. But give Lynch the ball there, let him get the I yards. I think you give Lynch the ball on that play, and yeah. you know, also Curse isn't Des Bryant, and he's not Gronk, and he's right. not a bunch of these guys. He's a, a pretty mediocre receiver, right? And let and me may, ask maybe you, like, slightly so, above average. What do you say? Like, oh, we didn't like. We saw the goal line. Like, yeah, that's what you're going to see. It's a desperate package on defense you're at the one yard line what if you're at the six inch line and you see the goal line are you scared away what about the three inch line what do you when when do you when do you say all right we, it's worth it to run the ball like doesn't make sense to me if you're up against a punt return defense on fourth and 12 they know a punt is coming but you're still going to punt right like i didn't get it i i agree <laughs> with everything i still think even if butler knew the play um the odds of him colliding with the guy at the exact same time yeah. Knocking him backwards and holding on to a pass that hit his shoulder pads, which usually is bounces off the shoulder pads and goes in the air. Mm-hmm. The odds of him just pulling off all of that, holding the ball, and then remembering to fall forward so he falls on the one-yard line instead of the end zone, which I think would have been a safety. No. I would say that's like a 1-20. in 20. Well, but he, he caught the ball inside in, on the one-yard line but then went backwards. Well, he caught it going forward, though. How would he have fallen back? It would have fallen back. Because he got hit after the thing. He he caught it, but then he ended up back in the end zone, but then he jumped forward. But I'm saying, like, the odds of of just him pulling off that catch, holding it on the ball, landing in in the one yard, like, that's got to be like one in 20, right? It was spectacular. And I'm I'm glad you brought up odds, because what do you think the Seahawks' odds are? And because now everyone's going to say, this is why you don't say, let them score, let them score. It's like, okay, yeah, because one of the most boneheaded calls of history says happened, and now we can't just say, let them score when they're inside the one. But, but what do you think the odds were of Seattle winning the game at second and goal from the one? I would say 97%. No, actually, no, because they had to score a touchdown. So right. yeah. probably like 75 to 80%. So, but betting-wise, minus 900, a little more? 
or something like that? Yeah, I would have said like minus 700. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you'll you never know, the, inside a minute have that big of odds in Super Bowl history. Like Norwood's field goal, at best, that's 50-50 the Bills win if they make that long field, you know, like right. expected to make it. Well, no, the, the, Ra- the Ravens-Niners game, they had first and goal inside the inside the five, remember? With like that's two true. minutes left. That's true, but, yeah. Um, you know, I remember when Lynch was running toward the end zone on first down, mm-hmm. I was hoping he was going to score and get right. tackled. But there, see, there was like this split second where it seemed like he was going to score. I was like, oh, get in, get in, mm-hmm. get in. We'll get the ball back. Yeah. And then when he got tackled and right. we didn't call timeout, and there was like 50 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I agree with you. I don't – I wish he had called timeout. But he had to have had some reason. I, I just don't feel like he's too good of a coach to just freeze in that moment. There had to be a reason. I'd love to find out the answer. Well, we're never going to hear it. Because you know why? Because it involves cheating. No, uh, no, no, come no. On. no, no, no. Listen, I'm going to say Tom Brady is the greatest. Maybe we knew this before this game, but I think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen, we've ever seen. And they won, you guys won it. that game because he was 13 for 15 for, was it 162 or something, in the fourth yeah. quarter. Here's why I love that game. There was a lot of feeling out process. It was like prize fighters, you know, taking the first few rounds off. And yeah, it wasn't until like three minutes into the second quarter that we saw any scoring. But everybody took a dose of the other team's own medicine. Like Seattle scoring at the end of the half with six seconds left. New England in prevent defense. Turbin runs for 19, then a couple of throws down the field to guys you never heard of. And then they the, score. The Turbin like, run killed me. That was so terrible. Six seconds left. You figured they're going to kick a field goal, but they go for the touchdown and and they get it. And that is that's Patriots football right there. It's like, oh my God, Seattle is doing the Pats with the Pats do to everyone else. And on the other side, New England to outscore them fourteen up in the fourth quarter. Seattle's been lights out defense in the fourth quarter, and they just gave it right back to them. And that that one uh, maybe the greatest game I've ever seen. I don't know. Definitely well, Super Bowl game. You talked about Carroll and how he always how aggressive he is. I think that's just him. Like yeah. throwing on that down was no different than the end of the first half. Um, right. You know, trying to trying to score a touchdown in twenty nine seconds. Like that's the way that dude is wired. That's the way they've played this whole time. It goes back to the fake field goal against the Packers, and that oh, team's man. always gonna. It stays true to what it is. They never waver from what they are, and they're always like balls to the wall. And that's. You know, I think that pass was kind of if 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 he had caught it for a touchdown, everybody would be like, "Oh, gutsy call by that Pete Carroll. That's who right. he is." You know, yeah. but instead the guy jumps it and makes the greatest interception in the history of the Super Bowl. Right, and Belichick, you would have called for his head if Tom Brady had 16 seconds left. And yeah, you know, the midfield. The way the Pats are built, I think it would have been really tough to to. Because they would have kicked the ball into the end zone, so we had the ball in the twenty, right? With like, let's mm-hmm. say, let's say they call timeout, fifty seconds left, and then Lynch scores, and there's forty two seconds left. Kick off, we get the ball with about thirty seven seconds left. Two, we have uh, one timeout, and I, I don't. I just think the way that Pat's offense is built, they, it wasn't a big play offense. It would have been really tough to get right. 50 yards in 37 seconds. Definitely. But, well, I mean, the reality is... It's a lot harder to do it in 18. But, when yeah. Curse makes that catch, Seattle should win the game probably because if you pull that catch out of the inner recesses of your asshole... Such a gift. Such a gift. It, it was like, what was what was <laughs> a more ridiculous catch, that or Tyree? 
Uh, I still think Tyree because it was honest. That's uh, I don't I don't know. This one should have hit the ground too. They're right right up there, Nick. That catch hit hit our guy's hand. Yeah. Hit Curse's hand. Went up in the air. It hit both of his legs mm-hmm. and bounced back up in the air. And then it he needed both of his hands to catch it. Right. It hit five parts of his body. I have to say though, like even so, I still thought well. The Patriots have a lot of time here. Like I, yeah. I thought, I thought they were going down the field too fast, Seattle. Anyway, like they're, they're going for the big play bomb. Like all right, and then on third and long, he completes the first down, and that's like over the middle. Like hey, that's what you should should try to be doing. Like just edging your way down the field. But well, so how many how many quarterbacks would you have trusted down ten with twelve minutes left against that Seattle defense in the oh, history man. of the NFL? It's basically Brady and Montana, right? Not even those two. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I know I he did it, but everyone it's crazy. forgets how good Montana was. I feel like he yeah. could have come through too. Yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone else. I like, you know, Brady versus Manny. You could say you can make cases for both sides, but if if Manning was down ten in that spot with no running game, because mm-hmm. Pat's had no running game yet again, right? And really, just three receivers: Vereen, Gronkowski, and Edelman caught, I think, ninety percent of the passes yesterday. Yep. Um, I just don't think Manning wins that game. No, I don't think so either. And and, I think Brady's in a different league. I but, hate saying all this because I don't, I don't, I don't like Belichick winning, but Brady deserves it all. Well, he did it in Super Bowl thirty six. Rams mm-hmm. drives down for the game winner in thirty eight against Carolina. I think he did it. He threw a terrible pick with like seven minutes left. Carolina comes down and scores. And then Brady comes all the way down, gets the go ahead. Uh, touchdown, then Carolina comes back, remember? And then Brady comes right. back down for the field goal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in in Super Bowl 42, the Tyree game, nobody mm-hmm. remembers this, but in the fourth quarter, drives him all the way down for the go-ahead touchdown. Yep. And then that leads to the Tyree drive. The only mm-hmm. time he hasn't come through in a Super Bowl was the second Giants game when he overthrew Welker on that pass. But in that game, they were qu- they were about to clinch the game if they scored in that draft. That's the only time he hasn't come through. Yeah. Well, he should he should uh, have a press conference and, and discuss that. We still want answers about that. But, well, I assume the balls weren't deflated yesterday, right? <laughs> I don't think so. And he I went 37 so. for 50 and carved up the Seahawks in the last 12 minutes? He Seemed did. okay. He did a great job. I will say uh, that Lockett play was big. That no call on Lockett was big. Which one? You guys want the 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 Butler tripping Lockett? <laughs> oh, his shoelaces tied around his wrist. Yeah, but did that almost make up for them not calling roughing the kicker on the first punt when the guy crashed into his plant leg and they didn't call it? More than made up. Yeah. What about yeah. what about the what about the ref running the pick play on Revis for the Baldwin touchdown? Well, where's he supposed to go? It's all bunched up. How about this? Get out of the way of the guy's tray chasing the receiver. He could have gone there. No, could have gone near that, the goalpost. Where first he down, was that second down. No. There's Look, no the way Baldwin won. Baldwin doesn't catch that if if the ref doesn't pick Revis. The better team won. I'll say that. The better team won. But, well, can, would you agree with this? Yeah. Because I heard Coward say this when I was going to drive co- for coffee this morning. I think I agree with it. The Patriots dominated the first half, mm-hmm. and they dominated the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they still almost lost. Yeah, that first quarter was a little weird. I, I know they should have scored and everything, but... But know. they had three real drives. Yeah, and the yeah. Seahawks had a throw it up in the air pass to some dude none of us had ever heard of who made an unbelievable 
twisting up in the air catch that changed right. the momentum for them, and that led to their first touchdown. And then their second touchdown was this. Everybody's thinking about bathroom or food at every Super Bowl party. Twenty nine seconds left. Turbin runs for nineteen yards. Yeah, I don't know how they. How do they not know the drop play is coming on that play? Right, right. I mean, if that gets twelve, I, I think they take a knee. <laughs> Nineteen yeah. got them right by that. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, if they run the ball there, you know they're going to run the ball there because the the Pats had two timeouts left, mm-hmm. and if they throw an incompletion, then we can call timeouts on the last two and try to get the ball back with like fifteen seconds left or something. But right. Um, well, so you uh, always but, run the ball on first down well, there. Well, you said with Russell Wilson chucking it up. I think that's that's what keeps him in games, though. Like it, the guy couldn't complete a pass, but you know he threw downfield six times early and hit, and hit on like four or five of them, and that's what that's what kept him in the game. Like he's got he's got a lot of uh, a lot of confidence in that deep ball. Yeah, but and and that's how you hit the pats. That's that that's right. the best way. That's why Flacco always kills us. Throw the ball deep, make the receivers make a play. We're getting yeah. interference. The play before the curse play, I think it was the play before, was when they threw deep on Brandon Brown, remember? Mm-hmm. And you came over, we were talking about it, and you were like, that's ridiculous. If he catches that, Brady has too much time to go the other way. Yeah, I kept thinking that, yeah. And, we, and I was saying to you, like, that was the Brandon Brown or pass interference play they've been holding on to for four right. quarters, and they, they decided to run it there, and somehow yeah. he didn't commit pass interference. It's so crazy. It's football's nuts. It's really nuts. Russell Wilson's not even in this game if there's an onside kick recovered by uh, by the Packers. Like, and and yet and he he goes from goat to hero there. Bill Belichick, like, if not for Pete Carroll's weird play calling, is is you know he's he's under fire today. Like, it's it's strange to me. Four franchises right. suffered. Like, I don't know if this is the greatest year in football or the worst. I mean, because four NFC franchises in consecutive weeks or consecutive game weeks. Suffered humiliating, devastating losses. It's amazing. Detroit, Dallas, Green Bay, and then and then Seattle. Well, it was like I I ran a mailbag in my super bag on Friday, yeah. and uh, it, somebody was comparing it to the movie Fallen, where the the evil power gets transferred to the next victim. Mm-hmm. And he was saying like it went from Detroit to Dallas to yep. Green Bay. Is it going to go to Seattle? And it kind of did actually. It did. But we were talking after the game yesterday. I was saying how the older I get, the more I think that sports is just random. Right. It's. I mean, there's times like last year where Seattle's just better than Denver, and they prove it. But a lot of these times, you just had these two even teams. Yeah. And you just don't know what the hell's going to happen. I was telling you, my daughter had the soccer. My daughter was in the soccer tournament, which is why I didn't go to the uh, Arizona. And the, they they win in overtime. But two minutes before we scored the winning goal, the other team, perfect shot, goes by our goalie, hits the post, hits the inside of the post, rolls across the goal line without going over, and then rolls out of bounds on the other side. And then we won two minutes later. You don't have to tell me. It cost me on a parlay. I know. (laughs) But it's just like that's the thing. It's like you put yourself in the position – to win or lo- to to at least be in that win or lose scenario, and then it really comes down to freaking luck. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least at that level, you could say, "Hey, listen, just try to have fun. Don't worry about the result." Right, right. But when we get to this level, and there's gambling on it, and there's there's uh, allegiances and everything else, it just it's brutal. I was it's saying my, da- my dad fun. and I were talking like the Pats have played six Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick, mm. and we're we're basically. Two plays away from being six and zero. Sure, 
and we're three plays away from being one and five. Right. And you could do that with Roethlisberger, too. Right. And you could do that. I don't know. You could do it with a couple others, I think. We've had, we've had the lead. We had the lead in, in, in both Super Bowl losses in the last five minutes. Right. And then in, I think, two or three of them, we came back from behind or was tied or something. But it's just like, I don't know what it is about the Brady Belichick era, but it's just bizarre that they, even the Eagles Super Bowl, which I never thought they were going to lose, mm-hmm. but it was still close. I was still nervous. It was more like McNabb. Everyone remembers the McNabb 10 minute, two minute drive that took 10 minutes, but yeah, I was still nervous. Like Harrison got hurt in the fourth oh, sure. quarter of that game. And I don't know. Yeah. Casey doesn't kick the ball out of bounds. That's a different, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that happens. It's, well, that was you, you jinxed John Casey. I did. I showed up dr- dressed as him for media day. <laughs> yeah. And you, you put your, you put your pox on him. <laughs> So we had the first Pick'em Super Bowl yeah. ever, and it came down to the craziest interception anyone's ever had in football, I think. Has there been a crazier interception? No. And like I, that's what I said. Like Everyone's like, who do you like? Who do you like this week? I said, <clears throat> I know I have to go out there and yell and scream about it, but it's likely that with six minutes left, this game is going to be up in the air. Like So I, I have to pick a winner, but... Yeah, that was the most insane interception. I really thought the Pats were going to win. I didn't think I didn't think Seattle would be able to throw on the Pats. Yeah, I thought Revis was going to take out Baldwin, which was exactly what he did. Baldwin had one catch, and the mm-hmm. ref had to set a pick on Revis. Baldwin did not have another catch in the game. Right. I thought Luke Wilson was going to kill us. They didn't even throw it to him. Yeah. Um, Curse did just about nothing other than the miracle miracle catch, and these two guys. Like Hatchet and Lockett? Who are they? What were their names? Lockett and Matthews. Lockett and Matthews. I can't even remember these guys' names. And, they, and they killed us. Well, we talked about that. Like, Matthews was the, you know, if, you, if we said, like, if you're making under $10 an hour, uh, you know, eight months before the Super Bowl, you shouldn't play in the game. Nothing against anyone, like, making under $10 an hour. But it's, in our fantasy league, we don't let you pick anyone up after week 12 because it would yep. suck. If you picked up Kyle Orton, he threw for five touchdowns yeah. against the Dolphins or something, you know, and that, that's kind of the same thing. And that's what we were thinking about when Matthews is making these great catches. Insane. Well, this this was a nutty Patriots Super Bowl because it's first of all they became the youngest team that ever won the Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. They really had three receivers. Yeah, LaFell had some moments during the season, but Sherman just took him out completely. He had, <laughs> and Sherman's playing with one arm, still right. took him out completely. Right. The defense, um, really good secondary, but kind of a house of cards with the front seven. Mm-hmm. And and Lynch, it felt like Lynch could run for, once that game got going after the first quarter, they stuffed him the first quarter. But once the game kind of got momentum, it just felt like he was going to run for five yards of carry every time. It did. And credit Seattle defense, we were looking in the first quarter like, wow, if they can't pressure Brady and they're not right now, this, yeah. is, this is over. I don't care if it's nothing, nothing right now. But uh, they, they turned it on. Like Bennett was in his face Bennett was, every play. Bennett was a beast. So in late second quarter on. Well, the Cliff Averill concussion was, was actually one of the biggest plays of the game. There are two mm-hmm. sneaky big plays in that game. One was Averill getting a concussion because their pass rush was never the same. After that, they could just double-team Bennett. Right. But then when Curse the Seahawks were up 10 and I think it was either late third quarter or beginning of fourth quarter and they threw that timing deep pass to Curse in the sidelines dropped and he it. dropped it made better like catches 20 than that. yeah 
And that's where the fact that you don't have great receivers comes back to haunt you. Because if he holds on to that ball, they're at least up 13. They might be up 17 right? if uh, if they can run it in from there. But he didn't hold on to it. And that was a huge, huge, huge catch. That's it. They turned the tables on Seattle. Like that. that was That's just what I was talking about. The late third, fourth quarter, it's supposed to be Seattle's defense that shuts you down. And the Patriots made big plays defensively. But the uh, Gambling-wise, though, yeah. Worst well, Super Brady, Bowl. Worst Super the... Bowl for Vegas lost uh since 2008. Oh, cuz a lot of people they made they screwed up the line and a lot of people banged the Pats. A lot of people had like 67% of the money was on the Pats and when the over hits it's devastating and uh yeah, it was bad since the Patriots lost to the Giants. That was the last big bad game for Vegas. It was a little reminiscent of the Pats Carolina game, which I think Late in the second quarter was like three nothing. Mm-hmm. Remember that? But like yeah. this one was zero zero after the first quarter. Yeah, no way this goes over. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's at twenty eight points at <laughs> halftime. Right. And we're all wondering what the hell happened. But um, you know, I I think the Seahawks are a really good team. They had a lot of injuries this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're banged up in the secondary, and. I don't know. I just think it's really impressive that that they came that close to going back to back in this in this day and age. It should be much tougher than that to come that close to going back to back. I think to think that it had been years, many years since a team had won a Super Bowl and then a playoff game. Uh, that shows you how much everyone's gunning for you, and then yeah. injuries and free agency and everything else factored in. It's it's uh, well, that might be hey, that might be the end of their. I just think the degree of difficulty goes way up because they have to pay Wilson now. Right. And part of the reason they were able to be so good is they hit on so many of those mid-round picks. And mm-hmm. being able – Barnwell's written about this 100 times on Grayland, but when you're able to pay Wilson just peanuts right? and he's a top-seven quarterback, like that's the biggest advantage you can have in football. And too many – and they offered Lynch something big apparently yesterday or the day before yesterday and too many big names on defense to keep happy, I think. Yeah, they want, they're not going to be the same, and they're going to have attrition from the two Super Bowls. It reminded me a little bit of the Packers beat the Pats that year, the Favre Super Bowl. The next year, they lost that heartbreaker to Denver. And a very similar kind of nail-biter down the right. end. Either team could have won. And yep. and then all of a sudden, Reggie White's getting old, and all of a sudden, it's a different team. Football, mm-hmm. the team can... All of a sudden, you don't have the same team you had, and you don't really know what happened, but that guy's gone, that guy's gone, that, and all of a sudden, you yeah. don't have the same team. That's why you have to cheat. You have to keep cheating and cheating. It's the only well, way that you was, that, they, you know, First of all, thank you to Pete Carroll for finally coming through for the Patriots <laughs> um, 17 years later. Uh, that I poor really bastard, appreciate two it. Of the, the, that college loss to Texas, it was, it was a oh little more, more out of his hands than it, it was yesterday, but – <laughs> two of the worst losses in the last ten years. Yeah, those really were two of the bad yeah. ones. But how do you coach again after that? Um, crap! I forgot what I was going to say. Thanks was, to was, Pete Carroll for. Oh, thanks to Pete Carroll. Yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. I know you're in a haze. I am. I am. I'm. I'm kind of stunned by the whole thing because I really went dead inside when that guy caught the pass. Yeah, I, that really. Uh, you know, the Boston teams have gotten super lucky. We've had some great, great titles and great moments, and mm-hmm. but it just seemed like the Patriots were destined for this eternal identity of they won three Super Bowls, but they never won since Spygate, and they're cheaters and they cheated with the footballs, and 
once the league started catching them, they never won again. And that would have been first sentence of the obituary. Right. Meanwhile, the Spygate thing is just totally – they didn't change the rule until 06. Like nobody's taking time to even research that part of the story anymore. But what, what, kind, of, what kind of message does this send to our children or that cheaters, cheaters prosper? It's very sad. Very sad. We have to sit our kids down. What do we, what do we even say? You know, I wandered in. Corolla was doing a podcast at Jimmy's house afterwards. Oh, you did end a, up going in? I went in for three minutes I because I, I had personally witnessed him having five or six drinks. So I wanted <laughs> to see what it was like to watch somebody do a podcast after six drinks. Yeah. And, uh, and he had David Allen Greer in there, who's a great yeah. guy, mm-hmm. who wants to start a fake feud with me that will then lead to him coming on the podcast to uh, uh, squashing it, which I think is a good idea. We well, might do that. You just blew that. But okay. <laughs> no, we can still do it. He, maybe the feud could be he's mad at me that I mentioned that, and then we go. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. But I go in there, and it's and it's those two. It's Corolla after six, after six drinks with just yeah. his eyes rolled in the back of his head, like just pontificating. Right. And his two children. Yeah. Including his daughter Natalia, who has a microphone and is coming in on the podcast, and she's calling the Patriots cheaters. Oh, so you went in there early. I went in there when I went in there. There were seven kids in there, all yeah. trying to grab the microphone. But yeah. Are they what she was calling them cheaters? Well, if yeah. there's anything America loves on a podcast, it's kids <laughs> grabbing the microphone. I mean, that was basically Corolla killing time to sober up to drive his kids home. That's all that was. <laughs> Using like, a podcast with an audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we should give him credit because the curse of Corolla is finally over. It's over. It he really bet on is. the Pats. He caused Deflate Gate right after he bet on the Pats, but mm-hmm. it finally, uh, it finally rallied and came back. But. Um, Let me ask you this: Like your wife, like our wives, uh, hypothetically speaking, if one of our friends was to cheat, um, they would want nothing to do with them, and you know, like we'd get in trouble for hanging out with them or something. And yeah. we, you know, we're, we're talking about Jacoby here. We might as well put it out there. But no, no it's not Jacoby. Jacoby's true. He's true blue. He's no, as Jaco- blue as Belichick's Jacoby's, buddy. Jacoby's number one will never cheat on my he list. He really is. No, yeah, he really scared. loves his wife. He's too scared. But the the point is. Why does your wife allow you to root for a cheating team? Like, doesn't she say, "Oh, that gives me a little insight as to what my husband is uh, is up for here"? That's a very interesting, uh, interesting case. Yeah, I think when it's your team, it's like when you have a kid, right? You know, like when the these parents, when their their kids commit crimes, they show yeah. up at court every day and and convince themselves that the crime didn't happen. Exactly. Put I them think in that's yeah, but. In this case, I really do feel like the Patriots have been railroaded. Like I, I thought it was interesting that um like the stories are starting to trickle out now about how mad Brady is about this whole thing mm-hmm. and how mad Kraft is. And I didn't notice this because, you know, we're celebrating and could barely hear the TV last night and all that stuff. But apparently Kraft didn't even acknowledge Goodell on the podium. Right. And he didn't go to the commissioner press conference on Friday, which the two owners are usually supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like Goodell's biggest protector. And mm-hmm. he's kind of done. I think the Pats, from what I've heard, are like just livid about how everything has been handled here. And the report came out yesterday. Nobody even noticed that only one of the balls was actually deflated. I saw that. Yeah. The other ones were like barely under the legal minimum, which makes sense with the weather change. Yeah, I don't like that. I like the other report that came out the week I before. I know, but, but it's like this was all leaks and misinter. It's the same I stuff know. they did with the rice thing. And that the league is an absolute mess internally. It is. And I, I, yeah. I think more stories are going to come out about Goodell. I really I, do. I don't know why I could separate it or why I do separate it, but I think Brady deserves everything he gets. 
He's great. He's the greatest. But that Belichick, I just—he just looks like a cheat. And I—I I don't know. I just—I don't know anything more than what I read and what anyone yeah. else knows. But it just—I, you know, greatest coach of all time. He definitely wasn't the greatest yesterday. I'll say that. But oh, he wasn't. Come on. Eh, I don't know. Come on, letting that clock. They're really go. good game plan. Well, he let the clock go, before. but it led to—it led to a terrible play call that they intercepted. <laughs> I think he's a genius again. He, he really was outcoached and then out uncoached. It was unbelievable. He wasn't outcoached. Giving up that touchdown Pat's before half, that you, you, you could not have been happy about about that. That play. it was terrible. Yeah, it was. That, that was. That's not Bill Belichick football. Well, two things happened. The tur- they were somehow blindsided by the turban play, but then the bigger problem was the next play when Wilson rolled out. Mm-hmm. The guy just blew it. The guy who had the contain on that side. He went flying in yeah, to yeah, stop yeah. the run, and oh, Wilson just ran. ran around. Like ran I can't blame it. Belichick for that. I can't. I, I'm pretty sure he would tell that guy to kind of stay where he is. That's what I'll they did the whole everything. game. Let's blame him for everything. And well, then there was the weird long pass with the face mask tacked onto it. Right. Yeah. I got to watch that again and see what the hell happened there. It seemed like they got an extra 15 yards. He was on the mask for a second, but. Yeah, and then they, and then, uh, but I, I really just thought they were kicking the field goal with six seconds left. So why Russell Wilson can't scramble and throw it, but they actually had two seconds left after that. So. Well, they knew that the Pats were about to run the defense where the cornerback backs into the middle part of the end zone and lets mm-hmm. the guy run right in front of him for a touchdown. Right. They knew that that coverage was in place. That that one almost killed my dad. My dad texted me, and I, that's when I started to think about maybe putting an ambulance like a block away just in case. <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's a huge win. Very nicely done. I don't know. I can't say much more nice things about this, but that's huge. That must be huge. But to get that, that was a huge stat to say that they hadn't won since they got caught with Spygate. Right. And, uh, well, it's, it's very game. reminiscent of, of, uh, of the Spurs and when they, when they won that NBA title last June, and it just kind of put a different perspective on the whole era. And now it's like now you're talking about a 14 year run in Super Bowls ten years apart, and four and all, and six Super Bowl appearances, and Brady has every Super Bowl record you want at this point. Yeah, and uh, and all the AFC's titles, and it doesn't seem like it's over, which is the crazy thing. No, why would it be? I mean, Brady's the the Brady we saw yesterday is the Brady that we've seen for the last couple of years. He can throw 50 passes. He can dominate a game and he's going to throw two or three terrible passes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he's done. Like that end zone interception. And then the pass that, that got picked off by Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. That's going to, ha- if he throws the ball 50 times, you're going to get those two passes and right. either the other team catches them or not. But for the most part, he's the way he can, control a game with those short passes it's like just un, it's unbelievable he's the it best. doesn't matter who the receivers are he never gets flustered like we said this day and age of free agency he makes these you know Gronkowski's the only one offensively who's going to join him in the hall of fame i think randy moss probably too but that they didn't win a super bowl with moss right no yeah so no i think if you look at the 08 season i think they would have won that year if 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 Pollard doesn't knock out his knee because that Super Bowl ended up being Pittsburgh versus Arizona. Right. And uh, I don't know. It feels like that Pats team with the Moss Walker, it just felt like they should have had a two-year run at least. Six to one odds. 
Green Bay and New England six to one, Seattle five to one to win next year's Super Bowl. We had all the Packer fans rooting for us yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. We had Packer fans and Niner fans on our side because the Niner fans hate the Seahawks and mm-hmm. the Packer fans hate them. So that was fun. Welcome aboard, guys. There you go. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your three-hour trip. Unbelievable. Uh, what else do we have to cover? I don't know. Anything? I mean, some of the bets, the uh, fourth down conversion. I was They only had one chance. My prop bets weren't that good. We had uh, I had three straight scores by either team. I love that. The fourth down conversion – Weird. It was a weird game that the Patriots only really had one chance to go for it on fourth, and they wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense. It was when the rush running into the kicker made it fourth and one, but it was still at their 34. They wouldn't have gone for it. But, yeah, I was surprised by that. No safety, which was big for Vegas. They would have had to give out 50-1 to 1 odds on the last score of being a safety. You got um, so excited with 30 seconds left when you thought there might be a safety. I, I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is happening. This is going to be four years in a row. And Huma Nawanui – Four yards on the first reception early, early in the first quarter. I needed over six and a half. I was, we were throwing a luau. We were going to roast the pig. It was great. That didn't come through. The Brady, my favorite prop bet was Brady, 25 or more completions. It was basically even odds. Wow. And, uh, and he almost had it at halftime. But I remember, I remember looking at the different odds, and one of them was like 30 or more completions, I think it was. And it was like plus six, plus 550, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then 32 was like plus 800. He's and there's probably the a 35, too, that was like – but he set the record, right? I have him here for 37 completions. Yeah. What would that have been, like 10 to 1? Oh, man. I have, let me see. It's going to take me a second. Uh, Tom Brady, 37 completions is 60 to 1, but that – 37 completions was 60 to 1. Wow. But you had to bet that exact, or was it? Yeah, you had to bet it exact. But if you bet thirty-five through forty, you know you have fifty to one, fifty to one, eighty to one, eighty to one. Gronk, I hit a couple. I missed a couple. Gronk was like twenty-two yards over Doug Baldwin. I love that one. That was good. But I also loved Humama Nui and oh, and uh, Tim and Wright. Wright. Yeah. Tim Wright never caught a pass. I don't even think we saw Tim Wright in that game. No, he needed over half a yard, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then Lynch. Another one I liked was Lynch. With twenty-one and a half receiving yards, because I knew they'd run that run that wheel play, yeah, and they ran it when which would have clinched the game, and he kind of screwed up the route, but they had it. He had like two steps on Jamie Collins anyway, and Wilson well, overthrew pass it. Out of ba- I remember that yeah. pass being bad. It looked like a bad pass. Wilson but. overthrew it, but I yeah. think Lynch screwed him up because he stopped on it. Right. But yeah. then in the next drive, when uh when they drove down before the curse catch, mm-hmm. they put Lynch out wide, and he just beat a linebacker for thirty yards, so that covered. Right. Um, there was a weird one. Only I will care about this, but in the beginning of the week, the Knicks first quarter score minus one and a half to the Pats total points. The Knicks scored 32. They scored like 18, 19, 20 all, all the year in the first quarter. They scored 32 against the Lakers. So the Pats need uh, 31. They get 28, but the, the line moves to Knicks minus five and a half points. So wow. you win on that if you take the Pats. Very Fishy. Yeah. Can you name... Can you name the five Pats running backs who started the six Super Bowls? No, I don't think so. Curtis Martin? No. No. Antoine Smith? Yeah. Corey Dillon? Corey Dillon, And then yeah. the last three were Lawrence Maroney, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, wow. and LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. What is your over-under for the amount of total rushing yards those last three guys had, Maroney, Ellis, and Blunt in the Super Bowl? I'll say 68. 
No, it was higher. 120. Oh, 120. All right. Yeah. yeah 120 yards total in the last three each, Super yeah. Bowls. I mean, remember when we used to think like running running the ball was the way to win a Super But yesterday, Vereen was like 11 for 65 or something that coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Yeah, that's the new run, that swing pass to the sideline. And really, Seattle had no answer for it, whether it was Edelman or, or Vereen on, on the side there. Yeah. Well, the Pats, the the Boston is nine titles since 2002. I know. I know. I have to go to work and hear all about it. Somehow I work in Hollywood, and 97% of the staff is uh, from, from uh, Morchester or whatever. My friend Sully has a son named Aiden mm-hmm. who was born – Right before the Pats won the Super Bowl, and they've won nine titles since he was born, mm-hmm. and I wow. feel like he should might should have a statue, maybe. <laughs> Aiden Sullivan of Situate, Massachusetts, might deserve his own statue. What, all now, the, all gonna, the babies of that year deserve statues. He's going to have a crazy midlife crisis when when Boston and Massachusetts go through a fifteen year drought, you know, and he's in his, he really his is. late forties, and we're like, what the hell? What's going on here, right? But that's kind of like what happened to me. We by eighty six, we had won. The three right. Celtics titles, and they'd rent root for all these great athletes and just assumed that was going to be the rest of my life. And then they yeah. went into this epic drought. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just kind mm-hmm. of wander around wondering what the hell happened. Now, you're fully prepared now to allow your kids and even encourage them to root for the L.A. football team that's coming from uh, from San Diego. From I'm sorry, from San Diego. You know what? I've been thinking about this. <laughs> and, and after Brady and Belichick retire, I'm retiring too. Yeah? I'm out. I'm done with football. You're out? Retire. Yeah, I'm done. You're just going to be tired. like Peter King, where you just write about it. You don't care. You don't, you're not going to say No, it. I'm going to be I'm out. Right I'm just going to start following uh, Spanish oh, you're soccer out or something. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, wow. I'm out. All right. That might be the smartest thing. <laughs> no, I'm never out. But, you know, we had the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach ever. Both came to the team the same year. The odds yeah. are like a million, kajillion to one. Mm-hmm. They show up in the exact same year. Right. And we've had them the entire time. I'm jealous. I'm so freaking jealous. I don't know what to well, say. But wouldn't you say that this was this was yet another season where seven teams could have won the Super Bowl? You easily could have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Green yeah, Bay so. easily could have won the Super Bowl. Baltimore easily could have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, actually, so five teams could have won the Super five, Bowl this year. Probably five. Easily. You put those five teams in some sort of eternal round robin, and yeah. I think each of them wins at least 15% of the Super Bowls. Right. And you could bump that up to a good 27, 28% if you could just figure out how to cheat. Oh. <laughs> You're deflating my Super Bowl podcast. I'm sorry. By the way, this is the first Super Bowl podcast, post Super Bowl podcast we've ever done where either of our teams won. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, we didn't do one in, in, in 95? No, we didn't Cowboys do one in 2004. Steelers? There was no podcast. That's right. And we didn't do one after the Larry Brown game because we'd never met. Right. Well, maybe we retire the podcast. Maybe no. that's what gets retired now. No, can't. America's going to miss the podcast. We can't I, when do are you? You're going to go. I can't even. When is the next time you're coming on? It's I don't know. Well, maybe an Oscar thing or something. I know I'm doing an Oscar blog for you, and then. Uh, oh, let's do. All right, we'll do Oscar props. We'll do that. Well, I mean, Holy Cross is home for Americans. Should we pick the line today? <laughs> well, we <laughs> have we have something. a lot of basketball stuff to root for. That's true. We that's have true. a we have a Memphis Grizzlies title bet. Mm-hmm. 
That's going to be fun. We have Golden State Gold. Warriors and Atlanta Hawks and Detroit Pistons with a chance to go over 36. We go 3 0 on our sport, on our NBA overs. How is the Pistons? It looks like that's tailed off a little bit. but No, the DJ right? Augustine came in. He's okay. lighting it up. I, I feel pretty good about it. All right, good. Yeah, um, good. yeah that's it. All right, cuz. We, we got our rookie of the year, bet out of the year. Parker's out, so we're good. We're good there. Cuz, <laughs> I'm going to say this was uh, the most extraordinary podcast year we've had since Saving <laughs> Private Ryan. That's smart. That is we had uh, we we there's we did we missed the podcast for four weeks. We did a couple <laughs> underground podcasts that nobody's ever going to hear. Yeah, uh, you had a roller coaster ride of a cowboy season. My yep. team won the Super Bowl. I don't know how we topped this season. Fifteen zero and three. My picks down the stretch. Yeah, yeah you had this that. Is gonna be tough. This is gonna be we tough. had the podcast where I got mad at you because because you, I felt like you went soft in round one. You're trying to save your lead. <laughs> You did the opposite of Pete Carroll. You're you didn't right. call the slant over the middle. You just handed off. You're right. Who the hell am I to complain? You're right. But come by tonight, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Rob Gronkowski, if he wakes up at a reasonable hour tonight, will be on the show with Ava Longoria and uh, Wheezy Top. Oh, we do this new thing where we, we have uh, two bands mashed up. Wheezy Top is Weezer and ZZ Top, and they perform together idea. on the stage tonight. See that? It's one of the best five ideas in the history of the show. There you go. There you know, you go. um. This morning I had Sports Center on, and you know how they have the stories on the sideline on the on the left side. Yeah, it's like the stories that are coming up. So I looked up, and it just briefly saw breaking rehab. Yeah, and I just assumed it was Gronk for like a split second. Oh I was really? Like, oh my God, he went right for the Super Bowl party to rehab. And I just I was so worried about him last night. He seemed so excited. I just yeah. Every Pats fan saw Gronk celebrating right after the game. We're like, oh no! All right, watch him. Yeah. Put some police officers with him because. He is the most fun guy alive, and he's completely insane. But right. then I saw it was, it was uh, Johnny Manziel. And it, oh, I thought it was Adina Manziel. I tweeted that. <laughs> I read it wrong. <laughs> that was I thought Johnny she got really drunk after the anthem. All right. Well, uh, well hey. come by and, uh, and keep Gronkowski in line tonight. Hey, hey dog, that was, that was a humongous year by you. Congratulations. What a great, great job by you, Billy. Great, great job by you, dog. Talk to you soon. Take care, buddy. All right, we're bringing in my dad. He didn't know we were calling, but he's he's just been sitting on the couch in a stupor since the since Curse caught the catch. Dad, we won the game. I know this you is, passed out, but we won. We won the Super Bowl. This is uh, Boston, home of the Super Bowl champions, and I never had a doubt. You never I had was, a doubt. I was never worried. Um, walk me through your emotions after the Curse catch. I kept seeing replays of what everybody else in Boston was seeing. The helmet catch and the catch three years ago on the sideline by the Giants receiver. Man. Uh, obviously, the helmet catch was the improbable catch. And last night was maybe even more improbable. The timing and the way that we had come back to take the lead. And uh, six yards to go with, with Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I wasn't feeling all that confident. How about you? I told you I, I went dead inside. I had no emotion. I yeah. just felt like I just felt like that was it, and I, I didn't even understand what was happening. It was just confusion. It was just confused. When they showed Brady on the sideline after that crazy catch, and he was shaking his head like, "Not again! I can't believe this is happening." You know, this one play I, I didn't realize was so critical. They sh- they just showed a replay of the first uh, Lynch run from the six-yard line when he got four and, a, four and a half yards. He almost ran it in. Oh, it was a shoestring. 
ankle tackle by one of our linebackers that saved the touchdown, saved the whole game, I guess. You know what's weird? I remember watching that and hoping he was going to get into the end zone because we would have had like 55 seconds left or something, 50 seconds. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But I was just in the moment, I remember thinking, get in, get in, because we were going to get the ball back. We only need a field goal. I know, which leads to overtime. and But right. that whole last minute was such a, a blur. Uh, I, You know, you and I have a, the same philosophy. We don't tape the game. It seems like bad karma. But, of course, now I wish I had taped it because I'd like to watch that fourth quarter particularly and and there were so many nuances in the different drives. And uh... I taped the replay last night on NFL Network, and I, I was watching it. Then I had to call South for the pod. But um, I haven't gotten to the final 10 minutes left. But I forgot. I was watching the um, the late in the third quarter, early in the fourth or something. They were up 10. And they th- Wilson threw that little drop pass to Curse, and he dropped it. Oh, yeah. It was open on hand. the 20. Good coverage, too, but it was a perfect pass, and he just didn't get it. It was good coverage. You're good coverage. But uh, it should have been a completion. You're right. It went right through his hands. So, it, yeah. So when Belichick didn't call timeout, what were you doing? I, I was perplexed, to say the least. I, I, I just assumed that, particularly at the – when uh, Lynch gained the four and a half yards, and there were like, I think, 45, 46 seconds, somewhere in that ballpark, I thought that was the time to call timeout. You know, it, most likely Lynch was going to run in for the touchdown. At least we'd have 40 seconds, two timeouts. And as you said, we needed a field goal to tie the game. Because um, Sal, Sal thought Belichick, we just had Sal on, and Sal thought Belichick it was like a massive, massive mistake by him. Not not to call timeout, and I, I I don't know how to feel about it. I'd love to find out more about what led to the decision, but like the more you hear about it and read about it, it really seems like he liked the situation they were in and, and thought their best chance to win the game was just stopping them and hoping that Seattle did something dumb on second and third down. I don't know. It, it, I don't it, know either. It's presuming an awful lot to to assume that they're going to do something dumb. Well, but uh, I, I think if if they call a timeout, then Seattle gets to go to the sideline and plan like the best possible play. And maybe he just didn't want that. Maybe I, I'm just I'm I'm just searching for explanations because there's no other reason why you wouldn't call timeout with 50 seconds left. We had two. I know. I, I read, just read one of your uh, Barnhill. It might have been one. Barnwell, yeah, on, yeah, Barnwell. Excuse me, on Grantland, and and he raised this point the same way and, and actually said if we the Patriots had lost the game it it would have been a critical it, um, it, Belichick would have been criticized greatly for maybe falling asleep at the wheel by not calling a timeout and giving us at least you know 30 to 40 seconds to tie the game up so well, it's I don't interesting. Know. like we've had we had uh, in the, the first three titles there wasn't like a defining play. Like there were moments, but it's like even when they when they drove for the winning field goal against the Rams, it was kind of like, how did that just happen? You right. know, you didn't even know how they got to where they yeah. got. It was just this dink and dunk, and then Brown over the middle, all of a sudden they right. kicked the field Defi- goal. There were defining drives, but not right, least, not yeah. plays. Yeah, and Panthers game was the same way. Brady throws a terrible pick. Panthers score. Brady takes him down. Then I think. 
the Panthers got some crazy touchdown. I can't even remember everything that happened that game. Then we come down and score, but I don't really remember a play. Pat's Eagles, like nothing happened other than that Donovan McNabb 10-minute drive where nothing, you know, where it was a two-minute drill that took 10 minutes. And then the Tyree catch, the Welker should have caught it, Brady overthrew it, whatever happened, played. Those were kind of the two defining Super Bowl plays. And then the curse catch, and it's like, wow, these three iconic catches, and then all of a sudden we finally had an iconic play. Yeah, you know, I was watching ESPN this morning, probably like you were, and they ran the the top five all-time Super Bowl catches. And they've already put Curse's catch as number four, and number one is the Tyree helmet catch. So to have lost two Super Bowls on two of the five craziest, most improbable wide receiver catches, um, that would have been awful. It just would have been awful. Uh, and not, yeah, and, I guess yeah. I guess Tyree goes above it just because the Giants ended up winning, but right. I think the curse one was was almost more of a miracle, like for the moment of the game. And when they got it, like if if Tyree doesn't catch that pass, I've tried to block this game out of my mind. But um, I think they just would have punted. It was like fourth and something, right? Or maybe they go for it, or I don't know what. But if the Seahawks didn't get that curse catch, I don't know. It would have been fourth and ten. Was that a third down done. pass or a second down pass? That was a third down pass because I think it? the play before it. The play before it was that play when they threw deep on Brandon Browner, which was the pass interference play we had all been sitting there waiting for for four quarters. Right. But then he actually broke it up and didn't commit pass interference. Right. Well, you know they would have gone for it on fourth down looking for the first down. So. Uh... Right. All right. I have it here. So. Um. Oh, no, no. I'm wrong. Yeah, I it thought was it was the, a second the... down play. No, it was a first down play. Oh, first down they play. They got okay. a first down um at the Pats 38 with a minute 14 left. It was a first down and then uh, 33 yards. All right. They had a minute 14 left, at least two timeouts remaining. I didn't realize this. Did you you know Seattle caught timeout after that play? Uh, No, I I did because I remember when they – it took them so long to get down and they had already started the play clock that I do remember that. Yeah. Um, Which – I thought they started that clock awfully quickly, but I guess that's what they do. Uh, you know, so many what-if scenarios. If that crazy catch hadn't occurred, which it should never have occurred, so now they're second down in the 38-yard line. Um, who knows what Wilson's going to do? I mean, he's he has crazy fourth-quarter drives. Uh, it does seem like he has a knack for just throwing these kind of unconventional – lob deep balls just right into the hands of receivers. Right. You know, fortunately, at, at halftime, Belichick made what what really was a critical adjustment. Um, you know, for some reason, for some reason that six-foot-five receiver Matthews, not for some reason, he was killing both Arrington and, and, and Logan Ryan. And at halftime, uh, he pulled them out of the game. He moved Browner over to Matthews. And brought in Butler as really his third corner. You're talking about Butler, who people wondered if he would even be active for this game. If Jonas Gray had been able, I guess he has an ankle injury, been able to both go. Both of us like, but both of us like Butler, though. Yeah, we both like Butler. I, and, Logan and Ryan gives me a heart attack. He gives me a heart attack too. And Arrington, 
can have good games, yeah, but but not against yesterday. a six foot five receiver. Uh, yeah, you know he's a he's a slot defensive back, not out, not on the outside. So that adjustment closed down Matthews. I think he had one more short gain catch, and then you have the crazy touchdown where Revis gets blocked out by the referee. I mean that's another one. Really, that has to happen in the Super Bowl. That was Baldwin's only catch. Yeah, I know. The ref can't get out of the way. Well, uh, I think I think that kid. I was saying to Sal, I know it's a controversial play call, and it's good. It was good and weird way for the Pats because instead of the storyline being the Pats cheated and they won the Super Bowl, the storyline was what the hell was what the hell was Seattle thinking on that play? But that play was open, and the guy. The Patriots were prepared for it, and they thought it was coming, and the guy jumped the route and made an unbelievable catch. Yeah, I mean, and, all of that is when they interviewed uh, Butler, he, I mean, he got interviewed 100 times after the game, but he said he had seen that exact lineup on film where they stack yeah. the two receivers. One tries to cut off the two D-backs, and you're right. He, he did something, certainly most, if not all, free agent d back from a division school to school would not be apt to do, which is jump the route at that critical time. And held on to the ball. Well, I, I think I texted you when I watched the replay today. Yeah. I don't know. He held on to the ball, and then he almost didn't hold on to the ball. He almost fumbled at the tail end. Yeah, he, he, he flipped, switched hands with the ball, and you don't want to do that. Fortunately, he held on, obviously, and... Well, that certainly wasn't that certainly wasn't the best Super Bowl team we've ever had. It I, it, it, it was just kind of they were just kind of they just kind of knew how to make shit happen this season. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought we. I thought I thought our team was outstanding, and we made four or five mistakes. You know, the two interceptions when they replayed that first interception into the end zone. That was horrible. That was just horrible. Even the but second that's what one, we, we've always said that, though. He's going to throw two of those a game. Yeah. Second one, he throws into double coverage. That's the third straight game into double coverage, trying on to Gronk. hit Pankowski. Yeah, he's trying to force it. Um, and then the, the two or three huge catches that Matthews made, he had never made a catch before in his life in the pros. You, you know, those you, take away those things, those five plays. And we dominated that game. Well, yeah, that's what Coward said that today, and I thought it was a good point. We controlled the first half, dominated the fourth quarter. Yeah. This team did have some holes, though. Like we, we really couldn't run the ball. No, we couldn't you run know, the ball. Three straight Super Bowl, no running game, and we had. Th- I mean, it's amazing, but three receivers caught basically every pass. Right. Well, and it was, was like there was no fourth. Yeah, Vereen, Gronk, and Edelman, and then Lynch. It really seemed like Lynch at one point in that game was just going to run for, you know, five, six yards every carry. And right. we were just wearing down. Um, the front seven held up just enough. Just enough, yeah. Uh, that would have been – it's one of those rare games that either team would have been devastated after losing that game. It, it had reached that point, you know. You know Seattle's I, up 10. Like, even if they don't come back in that last drive, they're still, like, absolutely in disbelief that they blew that game. Um, um, you know, we're it's it's typical New England. We're we're getting our we got over two feet of snow last Wednesday, I think. Right now, we're getting more than a foot of snow, but it's fourteen degrees out. 
they're planning the parade for 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. The wind chill <laughs> factor is going to be below zero. And yeah. I just saw six people walk by the, the front window of my home, and they all have Patriot hats and and uh, Super Bowl winning sweatshirts on. Yeah, it's 14 degrees out. And you know what else? That parade will be stacked tomorrow. Yeah, it will be. Your dad is going to be watching on the sofa, but there'll yeah, be a lot stay, of other people. Stay at home. The uh, yeah, this was, you know, it definitely was an us against them Super Bowl, and I think uh, I think this one meant a lot. You know, you know, I, I know every title else, means a lot, but this one, this one especially, I think meant a lot because it was Patriot the dynasty at stake. If you're not a Patriot fan, and you're going to think this is uh, not a, not yeah. worth saying, but I, I think we would do. You know, it, finally. <laughs> Finally, we had a big break right yeah. at the end of a game, don't you think? Well, we, you could, yes, we were due. I mean, the Baltimore game was lucky for different reasons, but we, it, it, it just was starting to seem weird that these huge momentum changing, game changing breaks in, in giant Super Bowls were going against us every time. It did. So uh, it, I guess the stuff evens out. It was like Sal and I were talking about earlier. It's, these teams, they get to a point, and either you're much better than the other team, and you win the Super Bowl convincingly, or you're right around where the other team is, and then you're going to play a close game, and it's going to come down to three plays. You and I had texted each other, uh, I think Saturday or Sunday, saying that the moment that we just hoped would happen was the moment on the stage after the game where Roger Goodell had to give the championship trophy trophy to Robert Kraft, yeah. uh, recognized Bill Belichick, uh, although he didn't say great coach like he should have, and then uh, give the MVP to Tom Brady. Could that have been better or what? If well, you're a New England fan. <laughs> the, uh, the, the part I didn't realize was that Kraft completely snubbed Goodell. I didn't realize that. Really? Yeah, he, apparently he didn't acknowledge him. Did he not even – oh, you mean in, in what he had to say? No, just on the podium. He didn't oh. really acknowledge him. He didn't mention him. He didn't say thank you, commissioner, or anything. He just kind of went going. I guess it, it was like kind of a snub. I, I thought um, I thought Kraft gave a, a wonderful speech when he accepted the trophy. Um, yeah, and he is – and Kraft's one of those guys that when he's talking extemporaneously like that, you're kind of cringing the whole time. It's like your grandfather getting up at a wedding. You're like, oh, God, uh, oh, grandpa's talking. But he was great. It was a he, great speech. He was great. You know, he – it was basically an FU speech. Yeah. I thought Brady was terrific and really talking about the friends and family that had stood by him during these last two horrendous weeks um, and, and the fans, obviously, and – you know, but it was to have them up there. It was great. It was just one of those moments I'll never forget, uh, and you'll See, never forget. I mean, you, you got we we saw our fourth championship in fourteen years. Well, this was very similar to that Spurs one in June. It reminded me of that, where it's kind of like the exclamation point title. But, hey, uh, we're going for the uh, the defense of the title next year. Brady's Did you see we have be... the youngest? It's the youngest team that ever won the Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, is Brady the oldest guy on our team? 
Probably, right? <laughs> he, he probably is. <laughs> well, the problem is going to be when they take away our first our first four <laughs> picks in the draft because because yeah, one but, ball was two pounds underweight. Yeah, but we picked thirty second, so you know it's not like we have a top ten pick. It is funny though that all these years, I mean. I'm sure. I'm sure other football fans don't want to hear us complain about Belichick since he's the greatest coach ever. But that's just the way life is. You find a way to complain about every person in your life, no matter how much you love them. And he's been awful at picking receivers and defensive backs for the entire time we've rooted for the Patriots. And it's like, it's just kind of the tax for having Belichick. These are these are his two blind spots. Right. And you know, I I actually watching the game. I made a Rasai Dowling joke. At some point during the game, when Logan Ryan and Arrington were getting were getting just torched, I was like, oh, we got to put in Rasai Dowling. But it's kind of the symbol of just all these picks they've missed in the second and third round on D-backs and wide receivers. And then out of nowhere, Malcolm Butler. Well, not only when you you make you know you make a really good point, the the three D-backs he had on the field for the most important play to end the game were his two free agent acquisitions, Browner and Rebus, yeah, and a free agent non-drafted rookie out of West as, Alabama. As the nickelback. Yeah, we had the two safeties we drafted, but yeah, um, yeah two, two. The safeties and aren't even on the field on that last play. They have eight eight down linemen and three D-backs. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, crazy. So yeah. for as many times as he's missed in the draft on, as you said, wide receivers and D-backs, uh, there's nothing. You can't beat free agency. Yeah, when we had the Edelman was the seventh round pick. Right. Vereen, I think, was third round. Gronk was second round. And Barnwell did a great article about uh, all the different dr- trades they made that led to all the, you know, turning one draft pick into four or five. Yeah, or that whatever. was a very good article. It was made Gronk, me, made me remember things I hadn't remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Gronk, so Gronk ended up being one of the beneficiaries of that. Brady yeah. was a sixth round pick. They have some big decisions coming up now. Obviously, the Revis decision, what do you do with his $20 million second year of the contract? People like uh, Vereen, he's a free agent. Uh, Ridley's a free agent. Uh, they have a couple of other key guys that are free agents. Uh, Brady, well, let, Brady let, certainly helped with his uh, taping uh, cap relief. So Yeah, we don't have to worry about Brady leaving. No. So Thank let's God. Let's sign Revis. Well, I think they'll let they'll let Ridley go. Yeah, they'll probably let Browner go. Please, I hope they don't let Vereen go. I, he fits. No, the they won't let Vereen perfectly. Vereen's the grandfathered into the Kevin Fox spot for the next. I mean, they five, could franchise years. somebody. They can't franchise Revis. I guess it's part of his two-year deal. But they could franchise somebody else. Is McCordy you know we... a free agent? He's coming back. They got to sign McCordy and Revis. They'll sign both of those guys. Yeah. We always talk about guys who shouldn't have left. Your favorite example ever was my favorite player, Fred Lynn, when he took right. pushed for a trade to the Angels. But we've seen a lot of guys leave for more money, and it never and they were never heard from again. Never again. Yep. David Givens, David Patton, all these guys, not just for the Pats, but for other teams. Right. Edelman could have left last. You know, last winter, and he got offered more money from a couple of teams. I think the Jaguars offered him the most money. I think. But, don't you think his friendship with Brady and I think he, yeah. grew, he grew up right near Brady? So, well, no, uh, that's the thing. He took less money because he was like, 
I got Tom Brady, and I'm right. on a really good team. And you don't see t- guys do that that much, but man, right. that paid that decision paid off. He'll make the money back in commercials this year. And I, and then Revis the same way. Revis in a number of interviews last night was talking about playing with a Tom Brady. And I mean, does he want to go to Buffalo? They don't have a quarterback, by the way. Or go to the Jets? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not that much more money that it's worth it. Right. You know, the, the Pats. It's a little bit of a discount, but. When you're winning, make guys him a take the three-year deal and and re-sign him and let's go let's go repeat. I, um, and somebody somebody said, uh, "Go for the thumb." I think that was the uh, because they have four four titles, four fingers in the hand. Go for the thumb. I like that moniker. Do you want to? Um... Do you want to apologize to America for sounding so depressed in the last podcast we did? But but I was depressed. I I still I still am ticked off that that ridiculous Deflategate um, took a lot out of the excitement of the first week of getting ready for the Super Bowl. It never it did it. You know, up here uh, the second week things changed. We liked Belichick's Saturday press conference. We like yeah. what Kraft had to say. Uh, I think that was on Monday or Sunday, you know. And then we got into full game mode. But last week, the first week, you know, just ridiculous to spend all that time on. I mean, Chris Mortensen's eleven out of twelve balls that now uh, presumably turns out to be totally false. You know, this stuff never ever should have happened. Well, and then also you had just all these different guys on TV. And eighty percent of them were were people the Patriots beat in the big playoff game. Exactly. It's like, oh, let's hear from Marshall Falk, Jerome Bettis, Ray Lewis, Bill Polian, Kurt well, Warner. Are you kidding me? It was like it was like the ghost right. of Patriots playoff fast. I mean, let's hear from a former executive of the Carolina Panthers. Right. Really? We do we care that that's a bitter guy that's gonna, you know, disparage? The yeah, Patriots? the Carolina guy. It, yeah. it was like. George Clooney's getting married. For more perspective, we're going to talk to seven of his ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Ladies, what do you think? So that was frustrating. Thank God we had Brewski out there at least defending. Yeah. I like that. I think this, I told you this, I think I think this is going to be remembered as the f*** you Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Because but- it was totally like us, us against them. And I know that the people out there, they don't want to hear it and they hate the Patriots. Like, I get it, but we've kind of embraced the fact that everyone hates us now. It's like, all right, well, we, we have each other. This is good. We're going to root for the team. I, I do. I agree with, I, I think we feel that way. I'm going to add one more name to your lengthy list, who I just thought, thought was an abomination yesterday and Chris Collinsworth. I mean, that guy should have had a Seattle's uh, t- T-shirt on. And he he seemed sounded Michaels, devastated. Yeah, he sounded devastated. Michaels, did you think Al Michaels was embarrassed by some of Collinsworth's statements? <laughs> I'm I mean, so glad really. you said this, and I didn't. Um, I I I thought he sounded genuinely distraught after Seattle blew the game. Yeah, he sounded like I like like one of my Seattle fan friends would have sounded in the booth. It was like, wow, you really weren't well, a fan he, of the Pats. He had, he had the invitation to the Seattle post game party. That he didn't receive from the Patriots. He had no party to go to. From how it's been explained to me, Belichick is such a dick when they do the things with, uh, when they, you know, you have to meet with the announcing crew before every game. Yeah. And, uh, 
and apparently Belichick is the biggest dick out of all out of all the coaches, and is just miserable during it. And you know, media members, they, they just it's it's maybe it's part human nature and part shouldn't be this way, but they judge a lot of these guys by how by how they're treated, you know. Yeah, I and that's just that. the way it goes. And Belichick has no time for media members, and neither does Marshawn Lynch, by the way. And the media reacted last week to Marshawn Lynch like he was a serial killer. And, oh, okay, maybe he doesn't want to talk to you guys. I thought there were some great pieces written about this last week. One by um, uh, by by um, Ann Helen Peterson for BuzzFeed, who's a really good writer. Um, she wrote a great piece about Lynch and fame and just how he's handling it versus how Marlon Brando handled it back in the day and how the media could shape perception of it. And it was just really smart. And, and, uh, it's just funny. Like, I don't think Marshawn Lynch is a bad guy just because he doesn't want to answer questions. And Belichick has no time for this. All he wants to do is coach football games. So I, I do think that stuff colors the meat, the way the media treat him. They don't like the way he handles his business. I think that's a big part of it. But I think for ex-players who are now in the media who maybe never had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, like did Collinsworth ever win a Super Bowl? No, Montana beat him. Okay. So I I, I still think there's a tremendous amount of jealousy. Um, Watching Bill Polian uh, on a pregame show, uh, there's no doubt that guy – that guy hated the Patriots. the Patriots. So did Dungy. They hated us. Yeah. So, you know, you, you take it with a grain of salt. You know, go back to what you said earlier. Patriots fans have banded together. It almost became an us against them mentality. Even in the, in the uh, you know, a lot of fans couldn't get to the game because of the blizzard we had. Yeah. You know, with two to three feet of snow. There were certainly more Seattle fans at that game yesterday. It was an FU game, and... Fortunately, we won. Well, and congratulations. We, and we and, have the parade in minus 20 degree weather, wind chill probably, but I'm going to turn so, the heat up and I'll have the couch already and uh, I'll text you during the parade. One last thing before we go. Um, we, we had uh, Mike Lombardi used to come on this podcast all the time. He was and, terrific. Yeah, he was yeah. one of my favorite guests, and, and he got hired by the Browns as their GM, and we lost him to the Browns. And then the Browns fired him. They had a house cleaning. They cleaned house, and he ended up uh, going to the Patriots and working for Belichick, and he won a Super Bowl ring yesterday. So that was – I mean, there were a lot of reasons I wanted the Patriots to win yesterday, but I was really happy for Lombardi, and we really miss having him on the podcast. And – uh we were all thinking of him last night at the BS Report headquarters. Um, Dad, congratulations. Patriot fans, congratulations. I look forward to the parade. Fun year of uh, football podcast of the BS Report. Certainly the most interesting year we've had. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.